0: You're listening to the Lost Chill Podcast with Katie and Kimmy. For years now, I've had the pleasure of listening to the wit, banter, and pure joy from these two, and now I invite you to share in the delight of listening to them discuss the books they're currently reading. Whether you are a fellow dedicated bibliophile or simply wish you had more time to read, you will love hearing the insight and discussions around the stories they dive into. So grab a cup of coffee or pour a glass of wine and let's jump on in. Katie and Kimmy, take it away. Hello, hello, old sports. <laughs> Welcome Easter to egg. the Lost Shell Podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Kimmy. We are your glamorous hosts. Welcome to episode nine. This week we're discussing Nick by Michael Ferris Smith. But before we get to that book, Kimmy, what have you been reading? I've been reading a lot because you abandoned me. I'm so sorry. It was so lovely in Florida though. Shh. We're talking
1: about me now and how oh, okay. you left. So me sorry in my misery. So sorry in my tears <laughs> uh i read three books without you oh, okay in your absence the echo wife by sarah gailey mm-hmm. which eventually you'll read with me yeah lost roses by martha hall kelly and an arc for competitive grieving by zora zelavinsky Ooh, yeah so. i
0: didn't realize that you read so much while i was gone yeah what else <laughs> am i supposed to do
1: without you so what, what have you been doing besides gallivanting in the
0: happiest place on earth? <laughs> I, uh, finish an arc called broken in the best way possible by Jenny Lawson. I love her books. Uh, I also have a review already up on my Instagram for that one. I think you have some reviews up. All the of books them. You, okay. Very good. I'm She's still mad at me.
1: Cause you left me in
0: the <laughs> snow in Two the seat of snow. Gross. I was at the beach. Um, I'm also listening to Trevor Noah's memoir, Born a Crime, which is really good. Very good. That was a hasty cutoff. Very good. Very Moving good. On. Very good. Moving on. Moving on. All right. We have a lot to discuss. Do we? I don't know.
1: Okay. Well, we always post reviews for those books and more, maybe, if we feel like it. Lots on our Instagrams. More. So willy nilly mm-hmm. are we. The Instagrams can be found at katie's lost chill and at kimmy's lost chill the instagram for our podcast at the lost chill it's really awkward saying instagram handles for some reason <laughs> i have to like really enunciate the at in case someone's new here at. at uh so this week it will focus on nick the book not a person that'd be weird Wah-wah. we sincerely hope you join the conversation about this book with us there now before i forget i want to remind you this episode will contain spoilers Without further ado, let's party
0: like Gatsby! <laughs> Yay! All right. So, Nick was released a couple of months ago on January 5th of this year. This is Michael Ferris Smith's sixth book. Excuse me for being so lispy. (laughs) I make her say everything with
1: S. (laughs) JK, she did this.
0: As of this recording, Nick is averaging a 3.33 on Goodreads. Unfortunately, I really could not find out a lot about our author in my research on this. So we're going to talk about The Great Gatsby for a second. I do know this. F. Scott Fitzgerald and I share a birthday. This September, he would have been 125 years old. I was also curious as to how Smith was able to use Fitzgerald's characters. So The Great Gatsby entered public domain on January 1st of this year, which is why his was released a few days later. Um, That's also why he could write this book and make an interpretation of the characters. So this means that anybody can write a book about these characters now, um, which is also true for any other book written in 1925. Uh, those books are all public domain now and can be interpreted in any other way that they please, which oh, I found I very interesting. That. I didn't either. So I was just wondering how he was able to get away with this and not be sued for copyright even or something. I think of that or know
1: that was a thing.
0: Yeah, for the rights of the book. And hmm. so um, any book that's written in 1925, you can adapt to your pleasing now, including The Great Gatsby. So I'm assuming that we're going to see more of this. I hope not. I hope not.
1: Anyways, so before we get into this, you may wonder how we chose this book. (laughs) And so Katie chose this one, and it's weird for numerous reasons. One, I love Gatsby. Katie thought it was meh and overhyped. She does not even like Gatsby. Two, what else does Katie hate? You may remember from our intro Lesson. 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 (laughs) Our intro lesson. (laughs) Where we taught you about ourselves. Uh, You may remember she hates war books. Like, first quarter of this book, war book. Which, actually, I didn't mind. That was the one part she liked. It's so weird. She's very confusing. I don't know why she does what she does.
0: Yeah, nobody does.
1: But she... No idea why she picked this book at all.
0: I'm truly... Okay, first of all, I have to... I have to share something with our listeners here. So typically I write the scripts and then Kimmy goes through and changes things and (laughs) whatnot. I just want you to know that after her little blurb there, the next line (laughs) says, Caitlin defends herself. Yeah, (laughs) And I feel so attacked right now.
1: (laughs) I was lost like especially when i
0: first started reading it i'm like why why did you want this i am pretty sure i chose this book because i thought you would like it don't do that again oh i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) i will stick to what i know and that is not these kinds of books or just check
1: my tbr yeah it was nothing it was not this was on your tbr because you told me to Oh, oh
0: yeah oh that's rude i know so, this is awkward. Anyways. I'm not going to defend myself anymore because... I don't know. We've also... That's fine. We couldn't turn back. We, we couldn't. We couldn't because we've already announced that we were going to be doing an episode on this book and, you know, we didn't want to go back on our words. So, we finished and, or this would have ended you up... You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it finish. will be for the greater good and we can save a few people <laughs> and maybe, their time.
1: Maybe. I hope so. Nick... Is the alleged prequel to The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald.
0: Emphasis on alleged.
1: To me, I didn't know anything about your rights. I didn't even read that paragraph Mm -hmm. when you wrote this. It is glorified fanfic that is used as a marketing scheme. Because who would have picked up this book? I don't know about any of his other books. I don't want to pick them up now. Sorry. It's honest. I don't
0: don't know anything about his other books and...
1: And I'm, so that's that's how it felt to me was that it was just a I cheap think about ploy
0: that. to sell the book to get people to read it. I, I honestly didn't even think about that. That's a good point about fan fiction, is that's what it is yeah. essentially, even though it's public domain now. So. Like
1: he wanted to, like he had this
0: story. So
1: I mean, it spoiler, alert, it didn't have much to do with Gatsby other than he moved in at the end,
0: the last chapter. Yeah, he was. So in, it's
1: basically he had this story and was like, "Hmm, how can I get more readers?" gatsby related and all throwing him looking at the green light in the distance in the end
0: nick was in the book kind of
1: so it's supposed to fill us in on the few years that led up to nick carraway moving to west a between gatsby and daisy before i take any further i need to say there are lots of trigger warnings in this book death in just about every form including Mm -hmm. child death and suicide war violence sex work substance abuse I mean, I guess to sum up, this book is about every terrible thing in the world, the PTSD that those terrible things cause that fuck people up and make them go out and do more traumatic shit to each other and just continue an endless cycle of giving PTSD to one another. But to be a little more specific, we started in France with Nick fighting in World War I. During one of his week-long leaves, he goes to Paris, meets Ella, and falls in love. She begs him to desert the military He refuses, but promises to come back. He holds up that promise, comes back, and finds his beloved Ella basically near death because he had gotten her pregnant, and she had gotten pills to end that pregnancy, which made her incredibly sick. Nick nurses her back to health, and then Ella tells him that she wants nothing to do with him, basically, and that she needs to be alone
0: and he needs to leave. That part was so fucked up. Let's just talk about that for a second. I was just so pissed. At what? At her. Because she wanted him to stay Mm -hmm. and not leave. And then he fulfills his promise, comes back, and she's like, no, I don't want you. I need to be by myself.
1: Do you think that she chose
0: to end the pregnancy, though, thinking he wouldn't come back? I'm not really sure. I think it was more out of what she thought was a necessity because Mm. she mentions I could barely feed myself. Yeah. And I'm thinking that maybe... She was scared that she wasn't going to be able to provide for this child. Especially if she thinks he doesn't come back. Right. So... so
1: but I could also see in her grief, I can understand that to a degree of why she doesn't want him around. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just like to grieve alone. Sure. But she could have also placed a lot of blame on him. Right. Like, had you...
0: One, never been my lover. Mm
1: -hmm. This wouldn't have happened to begin with, and I would have been perfectly happy and without this catastrophic loss. Mm -hmm. If you would have come back, I could have died too and not had to survive.
0: Was the time frame a little bit weird for you? Yes. Okay. So after that, Nick goes back off to war and requests to be moved to the tunnels. The tunnels have a rep for being so terrible and violent that no one is known to have ever returned from them alive. Spoiler alert, he did. Due to the things he endured in the military, he's developed a pretty severe case of PTSD. Although, due to the time of this book, he will not seek treatment, nor will it ever be given a name in the book.
1: He can't bear to go home after the war, so he goes to New Orleans after remembering Ella say she had grown up there. He is forever looking for Ella in every woman, basically. I don't know why he would think she went back to New Orleans. I don't know. She spoke of it fondly, maybe yeah, that's why. it doesn't make sense he doesn't make sense i don't know a lot of this doesn't make sense and then at one point he's drawn to a madame in a brothel why no idea literally not a single clue he wasn't even there looking for paid loving or (laughs) to forget like other people want to go to the brothels with the drugs and the love so like why because he's creepy i mean that's what we could gather it doesn't even say whether she looked like ella or not Uh, He just attached this fondness to her. I, at one point, had given him the benefit of the doubt and was like, oh, maybe it'll be some weird twist where he, like, finds a family member of Ella's. And even though he doesn't get a hold of her, he can make some connection. But no, nope, doesn't, nothing. He just goes every day into a brothel, sits at the bar, not drinking and not screwing, and stares at the madame, whose name is Colette. Nice lady, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Colette gets sick of this shit. And she's going to
0: kick him out when a fire breaks out in the attic. The whole goddamn brothel burns to the ground. Colette gets kidnapped. We learn the fire was probably set by Colette's ex, who she believed died in the war. Having to learn to survive on her own is how she got into the sex business to begin with, and him coming back and finding that out enrages him. In some literary parallels to Gatsby, we have a front row view of people who are so big and dramatic that their choices affect other people and they just keep going about their business, regardless of who gets burned. I see what you did there. (laughs) In their acts of revenge and anger. The book ends with Nick going to West Egg, settling into his home between Gatsby and Daisy.
1: Yeah, so those literary parallels, you are correct in that, I don't know, he, I mean, he was kind of weird in Gatsby too.
0: Yeah. But. He was more awkward. And he was, wasn't he, he was gay. Wasn't
1: he related to Daisy?
0: Uh, cousins, cousins, I believe.
1: Yeah. So even that interaction isn't just random. You know what I mean?
0: What do you mean? No, I don't.
1: <laughs> he knows the person. Oh, so I he's see. Okay. he's with family. Yeah. Basically. Whereas, the, and so, I mean, yes, he's like the weird, quiet observer mm-hmm. after having PTSD there. Mm-hmm. But, and, like, I get he has PTSD here the whole time, but he doesn't even, like, know these people and just latches on. And it's just, I can see the attempts at these parallels, but it is just so weird and bizarre in this book. And also, one thing I wondered, going back to, uh, so... Colette's ex is named Judah. Mm-hmm. He's the one who. We didn't start the fire. Thank you for the Billy Joel. You're welcome. Um, he didn't. He, he didn't actually do the fire. He just paid someone to do it. Right. But the one thing that I wondered about the whole time is, Colette was mad at her ex for doing this, burning down her business that she built herself. Mm-hmm. She had literally seen Nick for three days up until the fire started and then saw him with Judah, why did she not get more mad at him and think that he was, like, scouting the place to help
0: Judah? That is a really good point. Like, I thought that was weird. Like, she just attached... Well, didn't she accuse him at one point? I don't even know anymore. I, I... I feel
1: like she just took a liking to him and was, like, oh. basically trying to get him on her side. I don't know. It was all
0: so fucking bizarre. This whole book, it just felt like there was a whole bunch of different stories that intertwined but didn't really intertwine and didn't make sense there was a lot of confusion yeah and the number
1: one feeling i got this whole time was that it was manufactured like just completely built up to be a thing but it felt no connection not me to the characters not the characters to each other not the characters to their actions no and it was really weird because i just had the whole sense, the whole time of how fake it felt. And at first I was like, is it because it's not based at all in reality? But literally all I read is fiction. Right. And I never feel that with most other books. Like not even The Queen's Gambit did I feel like it was this forced yeah. of a story.
0: I felt more connected to her than I did to any of the characters in yeah. this book. This is yeah. a weird book. It is. And... Yeah, that's all I have to say. Maybe we should go freshen our drinks. Maybe we should we're we're having coffee today instead of wine.
1: It's earlier. It's very earlier.
0: <laughs> hey, Kimmy. Yeah. How did the murder of Mr. Gatsby go?
1: Boom boom pop.
0: Swimmingly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're welcome. Too soon. Oh, I'm sorry. 1925 was too soon. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes it was. Okay. Without a doubt, you are currently enjoying the pure hilarity and delight while listening to the Lost Chill podcast. But I know, in about an hour or so, that old familiar sinking feeling will creep in. What do you even do each week after you finish listening to the latest episode of The Lost Chill? You missed the crazy shenanigans, the silly hootenanny, the general hullabaloo? If only there was another podcast you could listen to that had all those things. Well, have I got some good news for you. There is, and it's called the Death Metal Disco Podcast, hosted by our friend James, who talks about whatever the heck he pleases we can promise that you will be absolutely tickled as he rambles on about anything and everything. Again, it's the death metal disco podcast. That's death as in the opposite of life metal as in a genre of music that Taylor Swift has not gotten into yet. And disco the place where some have been known to panic at. Be sure to check it out and be sure to let James know that Katie and Kimmy sent you enjoy. All right, all right, all right. So, if you couldn't tell already, we kind of could not help but become book badgers.
0: <laughs> funny story.
1: <laughs> Super funny story.
0: Autocorrect is a terrible thing.
1: Yeah. So, I was showing Katie my average ratings on Goodreads for all the books I have read. I mean, it was pretty low.
0: Yeah. Lower than mine, which she calls me... I call her a book bad basher. Basher.
1: So Katie texts me, and she's like, oh, look who's the book badger. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, that's silly. How adorable. (laughs) And I just thought she meant it. And then she's like, oh, autocorrect's a bitch. I'm like, oh, I'm not a book badger.
0: So now she is a book badger. Yeah, because I don't give a fuck. No, book badger don't give a shit.
1: (laughs) So... Anyways, we didn't like it.
0: That's shocking. So shocking. Brand new information.
1: What is it that you didn't care for in this story?
0: Everything. Nick seemed extremely hollow in his character development in this book. We, me, I should say, not we, I shouldn't speak for you, but I was expecting more of a backstory. We kind of got a little bit of a backstory with, his military service and his home life growing up. But that kind of like what you said is that seemed manufactured. Like that just seemed like it was just so unnatural.
1: It was. And I get the empty hollowness and the, like I I get how hard it can be with stuff like PTSD and trauma, but I have read tons and tons of books on grieving and traumatic situations and everything. And I always feel a pull and a tug of the humanity and sometimes shared pains or just better empathy for things I might not have lived through myself. But here I felt no connection.
0: Maybe that was the point because, you know, with PTSD, sometimes those people can turn into hollow shells of themselves. And so maybe that was the point of making him seem so hollow and so just meh. I don't know. Maybe that that's what he was getting at.
1: Or a part of me then on that case wonders if we didn't go back far enough cuz we like we kind of met him mid-war. So he was yeah. probably
0: He'd already seen some shit.
1: Seen some shit already. But I like honestly, I feel like he was much more shook up with Ella and the loss of their child. Than the war. But then I also got the feeling, do you remember the character <laughs> named Nick in This Is Us, who is Jack's yeah. brother? Yeah. And he was just a person who's not equipped for war. Right. And um, just took it harder. I mean, it's hard on all of them, but some I don't, people take things in varying degrees. Yeah. It's not the exact same for every person. And so I kind of thought he was somewhat like that. But we didn't, like, even get to know him pre-PTSD. Yeah. And so I think even if he wanted to explain how he was in Gatsby, of where that PTSD came from, then it would have been more fulfilling to have known him before and, like, seen the changes.
0: And maybe that's why he included uh, his childhood in there. I, I truly don't know. Like, I don't know either. And the other thing, as we're talking about all
1: these connections, is... On one hand, he also kind of felt like the chick in the Queen's Gambit where he didn't really make connections, but he did, yeah. and it was hard he, to see why. Yeah, he did, though, because, I don't know. I He did, but he didn't, because, like, with Ella, I mean, I get love at first sight and blah, blah, blah.
0: Lust at first
1: sight. That's what it was for days. Yeah. For a week. Yeah. They knew each other for a they week. They didn't
0: know each other at all.
1: Right. And so, I mean, there's that. So that felt fake and harder to truly grasp their love story but then like colette and judah he got slept along he didn't even know them Mm-mm. like he bumped into the man who set the fire after the fire was set and then he was like oh come stay with me and then he does like and then they're like besties and he keeps like why
0: why would you i think it's i think the that they alluded to the fact that they were both soldiers at one point and connecting over their ptsd yeah, and connecting over shared experiences you know who i thought judah was gonna be I thought Judah was going to be the guy in the pit of dead bodies (laughs) that he just left there.
1: It's so weird how we could have made all these better connections that would have made more sense.
0: But instead it was just so completely fucking random. It really was. And that's the other thing I didn't like is there was poor transitions between time and settings in this book. It's all of a sudden you're somewhere else and there's just no transition at all. And it was just jarring and you're like trying to play catch up at least i was i don't know about you but i didn't
1: notice it that badly i think something gets lost with listening sometimes yeah
0: sometimes uh were there any parts of this book that you thought were done well in correlation with gatsby no since you were such a bigger fan than i am
1: (laughs) i do like gatsby um i think because the expectation with this prequel it's hard to know where it will go. But I think it's supposed to You can it...
0: hardly call this a prequel. No, you You really can't. Yeah.
1: Well, anyways, I th- I think instead of explaining why he is that way, I think he loosely made that attempt with the war and the PTSD and loss of the child, but then the bulk of the book in New Orleans, he tried to copy Gatsby loosely Like, okay, let's just take these two random people who have this boiling love affair and people die in the aftermath of their drama and, like, just that nonsense. And so I think instead of showing it why he is that way and giving his backstory and a reason to connect with him, it tried too hard to basically take the same bones of Gatsby and just add different skin.
0: Yeah, and... I don't even feel like this Nick was the same Nick in Gatsby. Does that make sense? Yeah. He seemed just different and not the same in some regards, I guess. Some people
1: have speculated on Nick's sexuality in Gatsby due to a scene alluding that he slept with a man. Were you satisfied that this wasn't brought up in the book or were you hoping that Smith would elaborate on that
0: more? So I thought that it would be touched on a little bit more in this book because I was hoping that he would elaborate more on this because it was so ambiguous in The Great Gatsby on if he was or not. There's also some things that I've read that alluded to the fact that Nick was kind of crushing on Gatsby and that... Why are you looking at me like that? I just think it's funny. Why? I don't want to tell you. You'll
1: make too much fun of me. No, tell me. Sometimes people want the gay argument or side so much they make it a thing and they can they create very convincing arguments of that chemistry being there and i mean th- nick and gatsby are not real people so it's funny right. that that's created but people have done that and there are entire fandoms dedicated to taylor swift and carly claus being lovers with convincing arguments <laughs> and like song lyrics and they have all the evidence showing they were more than friends because people just huh f- find chemistry wherever they can
0: well i mean if you kind of think about it he kind of sat on the sidelines and watched Gatsby for a while and now he's sitting on the sidelines in this book watching Colette but we really don't even know if he is interested in her there's just a lot of unknowns I guess in both books about this character and what his intentions are with anybody besides Ella I don't know what his intentions are
1: so I guess with that being Great Gatsby, it could have been worth exploring here. And I think like the way I would have gone if I were writing my glorified fanfic and publishing it as a real book to stand on its own. A prequel? Right. And I want to touch on that. I would have brought that sort of connection mm-hmm. of being like, Yes, I am a straight man with Ella, but she's gone. I am so blinded in my PTSD. I'm bonding with Judah. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know which way is up anymore. And so we're finding solace in each other. Yeah. Because we're both lost and no one around us get it anymore. And that would have made sense to me in a way that doesn't even necessarily change his sexuality or even answer if it's final, but would explain why he might explore that option because the women hadn't gone to war
0: and didn't understand what he had been through and the pain he was feeling. Yeah, I could see that. But this is another one of those pieces of this book where relationships are just not developed enough, where you can't even see where they're going. And you're kind of left with more questions and answers at the end of it.
1: There's no rhyme or reason to them. Mm -mm. There's no reason, really, why he's with Judah. Why would this vengeful man trying to take down his ex just find a guy and i mean yes he can see the hurt in his eyes that he's seen the bad things but to like take him in and live with them and like go that deep and want to provide for him is a bit much yeah and then for colette to want him to be her protector and not be pissed that he's with that ex it's
0: all just this weird it's a stretch it's just weird yeah and I, it, it's almost uncomfortable because you just don't know what's going on almost. And you're just like, why would you do this? And you can't relate to it. Not at all. Because you're like, I would never do this. I, I don't know this person. I don't know who I'm taking in. And vice versa, that Nick doesn't know Judah and Judah set the freaking fire. Right. You know, and he's not as good as he seems because he did that. Well, I mean, he didn't set it, but he paid somebody to do it. I don't know. It just wasn't there for me. So Nick didn't want to go back home with his parents after the war, and he went to New Orleans instead. We've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but why do you think he didn't want to go home to them? Do you think there's uh, any sort of reason?
1: I think it, it did a weird thing where it tried to have mixed timelines. To go back to his childhood and explain his parents mm-hmm. didn't do a good job. I just don't think he was connected to his parents. Mm-hmm. But even more than that, I think it was more of a avoidance of the hardware store that he didn't want to just go take over the family business.
0: But his dad was still supporting him, which is weird. It's very weird. But that's how he was able to live next to Gatsby as well. So we already kind of but knew didn't that. even touch on Daisy being his cousin in the book either. No.
1: It was just like, oh, he found a random house. Oh, he found a random fucking house next to his
0: cousin. Right. Okay. How serendipitous of him. Like you would have thought that Daisy being family and they were touching on family. Right. Would have been some sort of interaction as a child. Mm. Instead, we touch more on mental illness, which is fine. His mom was suffering from severe depression, crippling. I know we are just lowly little podcasters
1: who love to read, but in this discussion alone, that has not even been that long, really. We have made more and better connections that would have made such a better story. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not hard. Like, I don't know. Like, that's why I feel like, was that he was like, oh, I kind of like this idea of having a person who's kind of quiet having a front row seat to all this drama. So he's on the outskirts of it. So I have the story I want to tell with that same line and then I'll just pretend it's a prequel and it's not like he had his own
0: story. So I listened to the audiobook, and Kimmy or the Kindle version. I saw somebody mentioned on Goodreads that there was a foreword done by the author about how he related to Nick. Did you see that on the e-copy? No. No. Okay. It must only be in the physical copy. Hmm. But it talked about like PTSD and depression and things like that and why he related so much to Nick. So I'm curious about that because that might give us a little bit more insight as to why this book even exists and it's not just fan fiction. So that's curious. I I might take a look if I see a bookstore or something. We'll see. (sighs) Whatever.
1: I don't know. I didn't feel it. It felt forced. It, everything felt forced. So the end of this book ends up in the West Egg, which is where we meet Gatsby in the book entitled The Great Gatsby. Gatsby. <laughs> Gatsby. Did you like
0: this ending? No. It really? was stupid.
1: Why did you like the beginning?
0: I don't know. I thought it was going to allude into this big intertwined web of things. But the ending was stupid because, like you said a few moments ago, we it wasn't even correct. He yeah. just stumbled upon a random house in West Egg and lived next door to Jay Gatsby.
1: So bizarre. Old
0: sport. I thought you
1: wouldn't like it as much because I thought the whole thing would be his war up until going home and
0: living next to Gatsby. Well, and I even enjoyed the war part. Like yeah. I enjoyed... The part where he was in the tunnels. Mm -hmm. I liked that part, actually. But everything else after that pretty much went downhill. Because it got so random. It did. And this ending, I thought, would be a lot better for some reason. I thought it was going to intertwine both books more. And it's like, all right, I got to the last chapter, and that happens. And I'm like, wait, that's it? (laughs) Like, you're just going to stop now? This has nothing to do with the previous story at all. So Kimmy loves to highlight every book that she reads. Yes. And I was just curious because we both didn't like this book so much. Um, Did you highlight anything? I did. And I usually I highlight
1: because I like love the writing right. or it like stands well on its own. This one, I kind of highlighted stuff I thought we could talk about, which we haven't because they're We had to just rant and rave so much. Mm -hmm. Raving in the angry way, not raving in the good way. But like I highlighted the very first, not quite quote, a definition in the beginning that was talking about a homesickness for a home to which you cannot return, which maybe never was the grief for lost places of your past. That was making me feel like I had touched on that in Addie LaRue. Yes. And I was like, do you think maybe home is such a strong thing because it's more of an idea than a memory for everyone. Mm -hmm. That's why Addie, even after all she goes through,
0: keeps trying to go back there. So what do you think a home was for Nick then? Because he didn't want to go back to his home. He didn't want to go back to France. He goes to New Orleans. Um,
1: Thinking about it now and looking back, I felt like that quote had nothing to do with that book and I didn't feel Nick longing for anything except... I didn't even feel him longing for Ella. I feel like he felt pissed that that happened. But like I said, I don't even... Know why he attached it? Like he followed some women like the creeper he was. Did you feel a homesickness in him? No. Yeah. So this seems extra fucking random now.
0: Yeah. And it's, I don't even know what to say because it's just, I'm getting more frustrated the more we talk about it because this could have had so much potential. Like you said, we're just sitting here talking about how many other ways that this book could have gone. Yeah,
1: And so this quote makes me think of that, especially in this one, I actually liked how it was written. And it was talking about Ella when she, I, I think it's when he, when she still wants him to stay. And he says so much that he wanted to say to her, but he could not as if there were chains attached to his words. And he was sentenced to a life of introspection. So I think if the book would have even played on that of him being unable to connect because he couldn't get the words out. And if we had seen more inside, which I get we don't see in Gatsby, but this is supposed to be about Nick. So if we could have seen that introspection and seen how he is incapable of saying the words that he thinks better, then we probably could have connected to him. Yeah.
0: I also wonder if there's something neurologically wrong with him too, uh, bringing that up, because it talks about his handshaking all the time. Yeah. But never really says why. And so that makes me think that with that quote, hand in hand with his hand tremor, like maybe there's something neurological going on. I don't know. I'm grasping. You always love to diagnose our characters. Yeah.
1: You little why psychologist, not? you.
0: It's why? just adorable. Well, like there's correlations between brain and body everywhere. I know. It's just I enjoy cute. it. I enjoy it.
1: I know. So, I mean, gosh, really, I didn't highlight a lot in this book. It didn't didn't speak speak to to me. There was one part, (laughs) though.
0: Jinx, you owe me a sandwich. A sandwich? We finish each other's sandwiches. (laughs) Um, There was so much,
1: like, some of the quotes I could have, like, it should have played up more, and there were, like, just little inklings of things, like when Judo is saying, my Episcopal nature doesn't allow me to see it as clearly as you. And he's like, well, then don't be that way. And he's like, I haven't been for a long time, but there are some things inside you, whether you want them or not. I would know nothing about that. (laughs) Put your shoulders away. Stop it. (laughs) Temptress. So there's just so much potential that fell so short.
0: I don't know. You listen on Audible. How was that with this book? The narrator was fantastic and is truly the only reason I <laughs> finished this book. Which is crazy that even a good narrator couldn't save this. Mm-hmm. Um, He was phenomenal. I thought he was a great voice actor. Um, when it comes to bad books, I shouldn't say bad books. That's just books I don't enjoy. <laughs> There's no such thing as a bad book. There's just books I didn't enjoy. This is a book I did not enjoy.
1: I don't like to read reviews. When I went and looked at this to look at the highlights, I was reading like whatever
0: three good reads decided mm-hmm. to show me, and those ones are all glowing. I know. I I do like to read reviews, and I read a lot of reviews after this because I'm like, what am I missing? What? Why don't I enjoy this? But people were like, there were some people who gave it like fives and were like, I wanted this book to go on forever. Meanwhile, I was like, I wanted this book to end. And I don't know. I don't know what I was missing. I couldn't figure it out in the reviews. I don't know what I didn't see that they saw in this book. Or maybe they just like Gatsby more than I did. And People liked The Queen's Gambit
1: too. I don't true. know. That's true. Yes, we're all
0: different. and we It's are. good that there's a book for everyone. Yeah, and that's why I say there's no bad books. It's just books I didn't like. And this book is for other people. This book was not for us. Nope. So, I don't know. The thought of doing a prequel to one of the most beloved books in American literary history is pretty ballsy in my opinion. If we can call it a prequel at this point, because we've sort of (laughs) run away from that. What would you have liked to see? From this story? What would have made it better for you?
1: Anything that could have connected us better. Okay. Instead of just another, like in Gatsby, it felt mysterious. Okay. Of, you know, you are watching someone watch all this other stuff, kind of. Yeah. It was mysterious and like it was. It was but that's
0: what I, he did with the brothel.
1: I still thought it was well told in Gatsby, but in this one it was like more of the same and like wanted more of the actual understanding and connection with that character in Gatsby. And I didn't get that. And I think because maybe it was more like, they say like good writing is when you show and don't tell. And I think it was just more of just telling instead of really
0: getting us in there and showing what it was like. So what did you think of the author's writing style? I mean, I know, I understand that you didn't like the book, but what about how the author's flow so when i when you asked me about highlights i found
1: more than i had recalled there being but again they were just had so much potential but overall i didn't feel it was good but i think it was like just too slowly paced which is it weird because there was a lot that went on
0: yeah it it seems almost contradictory because it's like there was a lot going on but at the same time it was really slow And I think it's because those things that were going on didn't intertwine together very well. Yeah, I don't know.
1: So we have both read The Great Gatsby. You read it more recently than I have. I can't believe you've never seen the movie. We should watch that and drink champagne. Yeah. I have a sweatshirt that says party at Gatsby's. (laughs) What are your thoughts and feelings about Gatsby? The Great Gatsby. Not the
0: mediocre Gatsby? Not the mediocre Gatsby. Well, it was kind of mediocre in my opinion. I just didn't. So I've read it recently. I read it the end of last year for the first time. And I thought it was good. I just didn't understand what all the hype was about, honestly. Like, it was a decent, solid book. But I was just expecting more because everybody just raves about it. And there's been multiple movie adaptations of it. And, you know, there's a lot of references to it. The 20s were supposed to be our Gatsby, but COVID had other plans. I don't know.
1: So I will say I've read Gatsby multiple times because oh, it is quick. That. Uh-huh, it is. And, but I think I've liked it more as – I only like three times, but I think I like it more the more times I've read
0: it. Did you have to read it for school?
1: Yeah, and that was when I didn't like it, so I think I went back to see mm-hmm. if I would like it more, and I did, mm-hmm. um, especially like with the movie. I really loved the movie.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was well done. But I just don't understand why so many people hype it. I mean, when you look at lots of
1: other books that are hyped as great American novels and classics, I think it far outweighs them. It's much better than The Grapes of Wrath.
0: I knew you were going that way. (laughs) (laughs) You're still mad about that. Weird.
1: Um, So I think, I mean... I even liked Mice. I've only read Of Mice and Men once.
0: I liked the movie. I read it, but I liked the movie better.
1: And I liked it enough in high school. only read it once, but still better than that. Better than The Lord of the Flies. I don't think I've ever read that. Weird. So, I mean, better than a lot of classics and other stuff from back in the day, honestly. So maybe that's why.
0: Yeah. I think
1: it's the best of those, but we're
0: about to read another classic. So we'll see how that pairs up. Pride and Prejudice is coming up. I'm so nervous, but so excited. I am so nervous for that book. So our friend Lindsay, who we talk about a lot, um, she was a lit major and had to take a Jane Austen class and fell in love with Jane Austen. And Pride and Prejudice is her favorite book. And so we're going to do that episode, uh, which is around her birthday. Does it come out on her birthday? A few days before. A few days before. Um, So that's for her birthday uh, book that, we know that she likes a lot because she's a loyal listener to us and supports us with this.
1: So, is she really? I guess we'll see if she listens to this episode and finds out.
0: She definitely quotes some things that we say. Sometimes, <laughs> I feel like
1: she was a week or so back. I think she she's behind. I don't think yeah. she's listened to the last two. Maybe I don't think so. But, but wait, one more thing. Yeah, nothing to do with Lindsay, but nope. birthdays. Yes, <gasps> happy
0: birthday, James! Happy birthday, James! So, James is our other friend. He is uh, the death metal disco podcast host, which I'm, which you've heard us talk about. You've before. heard us talk about that podcast before. So uh, today, it is today. It is today. Ugh. Okay, I get confused with the airing of our episodes. I know the availability it's of hard. our episodes.
1: It's all like it will only be like you know however many people listen the day of which is right. never even him so <laughs> it'll be old news by then right but just know we thought of you in advance and knew when this would air,ed and it wasn't really your birthday no nope. hopefully
0: because we're doing this weeks ahead of time so yeah so happy Weird birthday time James. warp <laughs> happy birthday belated now by the time you're listening i'm sure So, as a birthday present to him <laughs> as a birthday present to him go give his podcast a listen oh all right so we have to do it As I'm sure you guys already know where we're going to stand. We have a rating system on TLC for every book. We read one through five stars. Five is all time favorite book. Four is great. I want to find more books by this author. Three. This was a solid book. It was really good. Two. Not very good. Could have lived my life without reading this. And one. Why the fuck did I waste my time on this rubbish? Kimmy. So this past week,
1: I discovered uh, this new uh, this new book data <laughs> app thing, and it's called the Storygraph.
0: Hello, the Storygraph. I enjoy you. Thank you for your data. You should sign up. You can import all of your Goodreads yes, information and it. and it, it tells
1: you, like, your genres, your moods, your pace. It tells you lots of
0: info. If you like analytics, download it. It is <laughs> amazing.
1: And they also have, like, super specific questions when you finish books and review them. Like, is this character-heavy, plot-driven, um, character flaws, that kind of thing that's more specific than just write a review out of thin air. Um. Anyways, they also let you give stars, but they, they let you give zero stars. <laughs> so do we need to change our rating? I mean, we don't have to, but I gave this one and the Queen's Game Gambit now. <laughs> and I had zero stars. <laughs> Both of those books would have been do not finish for me. But I have, well, I mean, it's half this podcast, half I have a strange compulsion that I must finish everything and I don't think I could ever just not finish a book. Well, sometimes I let them expire at the library.
0: So you finish right. subconscious, or you do not finish subconsciously because you intentionally let them expire? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I understood from that sentence.
1: I know it's difficult. And it's, oh, it was only two books last year. I probably would have read them if I still had them, but oops, they're gone. So I guess I can't.
0: I pretty much finish every book, too, unless it's just... Would you have finished this one? No. What would you rate it? I gave it a one. I haven't done my story graph yet. Um... Zero seems harsh. (laughs) (laughs) You book badger, you. (laughs) Such a book badger. (laughs) Um, Oh, we need to get merch made for book badger. That'd be so cute.
1: (laughs) Which is weird because I'm not a Hufflepuff, but whatever. I'm not either. I know. It's all right.
0: You're. A Gryffindor? Slytherin? No. She cheated.
1: That is fake
0: news. <laughs> she cheated.
1: Because I need to tell myself over and over and get reconfirmation she that I'm a Gryffindor? She used a different
0: email address to retake the Pottermore quiz. And then all of a sudden I became a Gryffindor.
1: I'm a sorting Gryffindor. hat
0: chose with your first email address. Okay, that muggle-made shit doesn't know. <laughs> Wizards don't use the internet. The sorting hat... <laughs>
1: It does not have an app connected. Okay, it's fake Slytherin. news.
0: I'm a Ravenclaw, for the record, but Kimmy's a Slytherin. Sorry, no, that was fake news. Fake news. Can we go find you a snake? Hiss, hiss, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could have seen her face for that. Uh, so I, I'm gonna give it a one. And so that's what I gave it on Goodreads. I haven't done my story graph yet. Um, with both of I, these books, like I read quickly mm-hmm.
1: and I love to devour books. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. These books
0: I avoided and just... You actually said of that of... on Instagram, I believe. Yeah. That you should have been reading, but you hated the book so much you couldn't. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, I don't even want to talk to you. Uh. So, um, I struggle with that too, and that's when I tend to switch to audiobook, I'm realizing, hmm. is books that I struggle with so that I can do other tasks while I listen to oh, it.
1: Oh, an interesting strategy. Yeah,
0: so that I can get through it faster because I listen to this in one day. So I give it a one, but I give the narrator a five. Aww, yeah. that's so he sweet. Yeah, he was so fantastic. He was a good narrator. I loved it. So... Very good. There's that.
1: Well, we hope you enjoyed hearing our thoughts on Nick. We want to hear yours too. Please reach out to us on social media at The Lost Chill on Instagram and Facebook. While you're there telling us your thoughts on this book, please give us a follow so you can always know what books are on the horizon.
0: Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't have to worry about missing an episode. New episodes come out every Tuesday morning just in time to have with some coffee. Next week, we will be discussing The Memory
1: Police by Yoko Agawa.
0: In the following week, we're going to discuss The Night Circus for Kimmy's birthday Woo! by Erin Morgenstern.
1: We also have our full schedule for the rest of April listed on Facebook and Instagram.
0: If you're enjoying The Lost Chill, please leave us a review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. We would be so grateful if you did. We can't wait to hear your thoughts about this book, and we are so thankful for everyone who has tuned into our show and keeps coming back as well. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Aww.